1: Hello, it's Tuesday the 26th of December. I'm Miranda Sawyer and I'm licking the windows at the big sale at Next. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we're having... (laughs) Are those bells still ringing? (laughs) We're meant to be having a lazy boxing day with the fourth estate, but Jason's brought the bells. Hooray! The Sun and The Mail are bickering over which war movie to watch, The Guardian is making some form of vegan curry for tea, and The Daily Star is snoring in the armchair after too many chocolate liqueurs. We're doing things a bit differently today as Papercuts is taking a look back at the good, the bad and the ugly from the big stories of 2023. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Who died and made you king? Prince Charles gets a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> this morning has broken. Philip Schofield steps down from this morning. And bye-bye Boris. Boris goodbye. Welcome to Papercuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we're all in tracky bottoms a size larger than yesterday. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and joining me on the show today is stand-up and St. Stephen's Day sweetie, Grunya Maguire. Hello, Gronya. No, no, And also with us is comedy writer and Boxing Day Burke, Jason Hazley. Hi,
2: Jason. Hi there. Why did you bring that reindeer into the studio?
3: Well, I thought it was sort of, you know... I Really, like Blue Peter has pets. Why can't Papercuts have a pet?
1: <laughs> it was working really hard over the Christmas season and now we're going to give it a mince pie. OK, so look, we love the Daily Star here at Papercuts HQ. So what we thought we'd do is go over a few of their best front pages from the summer months. Jason, you've got some classics from May and
3: June and what was in May May Horror of the Sausage Roll Dunkers
1: <gasps> Horror
3: one in ten admits to hideous tea habit. Four percent of wrong-uns <laughs> dip sarnies in brew. But star expert proves it's evil.
1: It is evil. They're yeah, quite right. I like the picture them. of the star expert as well. He looks very serious, doesn't he?
3: Yes, but he's wearing goggles, isn't he? And he's dipping a sausage roll into a cup of tea.
1: He's a boffin.
3: He's a boffin. <laughs> he's, he's a bonkers he's a boffin. boffin. He's a boffin with a weird palate.
2: <laughs> I think in the year of Oppenheimer, that's more... Terrifying,
1: <laughs> isn't it? Just, yeah. There's. It's apparently from a study. Two percent confessed to dipping fruits such as Ugh. bananas and apples in their brew. What? That's so bad.
3: From June. Yeah. UFO crash hushed up by the Pope.
0: <laughs> um. Former- <laughs> It's incredible.
3: <laughs> Former intelligence officer insists Europe's first ever downed spaceship was recovered in Italy in the 1930s, but God's right-hand man covered up a whole shebang. Wow! But that's... no, wait for it. This is this is so. This is illustrative, with a picture of ET wearing a mitre. <laughs> because obviously I but mean, the best thing is you know so there's this the, the stand first the bit that goes above the headline mm-hmm. this is one of their finest ever the daily star number one for ecclesiastical spaceship shenanigans
2: <laughs> this is why we love this star i mean of all the things that the catholic church have covered up yeah. <laughs> and it <was> the worst. <laughs> okay grania what do you have well i have the Daily Star, which, can I just say, they've had a good year. Yeah, they always they, have a good year. We live they have a good... We wouldn't know what boffins were up to if it wasn't for the okay. Daily so Star's could. reporting, <laughs> tireless reporting. In July, a brainiac blames a popular BBC sitcom for causing... Um, Britain to leave the European Union. Wow. Headline is: I shall say this only once. Hello, hello, caused Brexit. <laughs> but did it though? I've heard Brit pop being blamed for Brexit, <laughs> but not hello, hello. And there's renee with his little hand smirking, being like, "You got me." <laughs> <laughs> it was me, and then also the Daily Star in what in August. Yeah, they have. Rise of the sarny psychos. <laughs> <laughs> Deviants take liberties with lunchtime fillings. What? Filthy beasts filling sandwiches <laughs> with, you ready for it? What? Beans. <gasps> baked right. beans. Baked beans. But that's just baked beans on toast, is it? But then with another, another bit layer of toast on top. That, that is...
3: That's quite a runny sandwich, isn't it? Mm.
1: Yeah. It's it's it's, That's the why it's cycles. They're cycles. Yes. Do we want our sandwiches runny? We don't, because we're not psychos.
3: <laughs> Boo to runny sandwiches.
1: <laughs> Can anyone remember what was going on in May? <laughs> Cause I'm not sure, but luckily I've written it down. Hooray. Hooray. So the Times, the Mail and the Express called this day a day of destiny. Yep. It was the coronation of King Charles. <laughs> Bank holidays were abundant across May as the country put up the bunting, well, some of the country put up the bunting, and made their official coronation quiche. Some of the country made an official coronation quiche to mark the ascension of Prince Charles. So, Jason, I presume you were absolutely covered in bunting and quiche, no?
3: Hmm.
1: How did you celebrate
3: it? Hmm. <laughs> Um, now I'm a I'm a bit of a Republican. Well, I'm a Republican, so yeah, we all uh, I, are. It's so, a bit of a problem. So um, no, I didn't celebrate it. Um, I was looking. I was looking at some of the coverage around it this morning, though, and I remember the day. It was very. It was a weird day where it was sort of raining, but also sort of not raining. Mm. And I found a lovely description from Ian Sinclair, who wrote, "The morning Snivelled. <laughs>
0: oh, that uh, that's so
3: that's a perfect description of how that day was. Um, yeah. No, I didn't celebrate it at all. And uh, weirdly, there was a there was that poll. In the week running up to the coronation, which showed that sixty-four percent of the UK population didn't give a shit about it. <laughs> which is fascinating because it was a big deal the day. Yeah. Um no, I went for a long walk.
1: Did you? And it was quite
3: control? yeah, it was quite interesting to see what was open and what wasn't, because all the major label supermarkets said, we will be shut for the duration of the coronation, which meant till about five. Yeah, um, But all the little family run supermarkets, they were all open. All the pubs were open. All the nail bars were open. All the barbers <laughs> were open. <laughs> It was amazing.
1: Yeah. You could have a lovely time. Um, the biggest deal, as I remember from the whole of the coverage, was Penny Mordant. Yes. yes. Do you remember she had this really amazing kind of, I think the word is teal. I never use the word teal, yeah. but it was teal, a kind of greeny blue dress with a funny kind of, like a kind of, almost like a crown of her own. And she held this sword, ceremonial sword, for hours and hours and hours. And she'd been doing a workout just to be able to she hold didn't the sword. She'd a harness. She had a harness, but also she Held did it, she? Yeah.
2: she had a harness, guys. It was CGI, like kind of, yeah. It was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They it took it off.
1: <laughs> so they, yeah. She had a kind of harness, but she did hold it for quite a long time. And do you, uh, do you remember afterwards? All the papers were like, "How to get arms like Penny Morden. This is the workout. What? Yeah, this was the big deal. This is <laughs> a big takeout from the um, coronation. There was also a weird situation where Sir Carl Jenkins. You can explain who he is. Sir Carl
3: Jenkins is a very well-known composer conductor and formerly one half of soft machine.
1: So he's a really important guy. Anyway, he... um... He conducted the music at the coronation, and there was a headline in Country Living about it, wasn't there?
3: Yes, Country Living. The headline in Country Living was Dorset farmer to conduct music <laughs> at King Charles III's coronation.
1: So they just randomly found somebody to just kind of come up. Oh, he he farms in Dorset; he'll do. Oh, he keeps
3: pigs or whatever it is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, while he was there, so he you know he did his duty. He conducted the music at the at the coronation he he has white hair and a moustache and he was accused of being Meghan Markle in disguise (laughs) oh my (laughs) god
3: The conspiracy theory was because she wouldn't fly over for it. She was going mm. to stay in California, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but the conspiracy theory was that she had got there, but she she was wearing this white wig and a white moustache and glasses and like I mean, it does. To be fair, he does look like a man who's trying to disguise himself.
1: He does, but he also doesn't really look like a black woman.
3: No, he definitely doesn't look like that.
1: <laughs> it's so funny. He had to go on TikTok and deny it. <laughs> Just, you know, because he's a serious man. Anyway, um, the, the other kind of big takeout from it was that the king and Camilla, who is now the queen, looked really uncomfy throughout the, really through a lot of the ceremony. I mean, because they are, I mean, they're quite elderly.
3: Well, you wouldn't look comfortable if someone was rubbing oil into you in yeah, public, would it's you? it's so
1: <laughs> odd. It's really, really odd. But he was caught while he was in his golden carriage, you know, moving through the crowds, moaning. So, like, um, you know those people who look at videos and then they can say see what you're saying, even though there's no sound? And he was caught moaning uh, to one of the guys in the funny hat about how long everything was taking, and
2: it was really boring, and this always happens. <laughs> <laughs> it just really makes me laugh. It's like... This is your biggest deal. (laughs) So I I watched the coronation. I went round to my friend's house and we got so drunk. But that was not We got so, so, we got, it it was such a brilliant day that the next day we all individually texted each other to apologise if we were annoying. That's how (laughs) drunk we got. But what I found really offensive is, I I had been planning this for weeks. I went to the coronation dressed as Princess Diana,
1: amazing. So I had a blonde
2: oh, wow. wig. I went as her her gym period. So I had like <laughs> cycling shorts. I even had like I was carrying like my house keys and you know, like <laughs> my car keys. So I arrived dressed in a wig as Princess Diana, and only like six hours into the coronation, did somebody go, Are you? Are <laughs> you dressed as Princess? <laughs> <laughs> and, and they just. <laughs> Is wearing a wig today. <laughs> <laughs> Why would she not? But what I loved about watching Prince Charles—I refuse to call him king—is um, I love that feeling. So his face when the the crown was put on his head is me every time I get a job promotion. Were or like a work thing happens I've always wanted the horrible gnawing emptiness where I'm like oh I thought this work thing would ease the howling emptiness inside my soul <laughs> but it doesn't <laughs> it's still there and you saw what happen in real time the crown I thought this would be oh I'm still me. I'm still me <laughs> <laughs> this is still me I loved it it was like Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> That's
3: so great. A friend great. of mine went to photograph then Prince Charles um, at uh, Clarence House. And he said all the windows are open all the time. He likes everything to be mm. freezing cold. It's posh
1: people. They're dreadless. Joyless. <laughs> Joyless. <laughs> they are, there, aren't they? They love mud and cold. Oh, <laughs> God. Central heating's really great. Yeah. <laughs> Put yeah. it on. While one king rose, another king fell. King of daytime telly, Philip Schofield, stepped down from this morning after 20 years following a frosty standoff with his co-presenter, the lovely Holly Willoughby. So this was quite a difficult story, really. Um, There were two things that went wrong. The first one was Philip Schofield's brother, who was jailed for 12 years for child sex offences. He told Philip Schofield about one incident... And then Philip Schofield kind of cut him off. But that was still in people's minds. The second, which is really why he resigned, was he'd had an affair with a younger runner on this morning and he'd lied about it to the bosses. This story went on for days and days
2: and days and days, Gráinne. It just never stopped. It just was so murky. And I think why people, you know, couldn't stop thinking about it and why people are so fascinated by it is, you know, this morning... Well, first of all, can I just say something? What really annoyed me Mm. was like, will this morning survive that Holly and Philip, how will it survive? It survived Richard and Judy leaving. Yes, and they were amazing. And they taught the nation to read. Mm. So I think it will be okay without those two. Um, And I think it's it's authenticity, isn't it? Mm. I think for a while, people really connected to Holly and Phil authenticity. And they seemed we bought into their friendship and we bought into them sort of making each other laugh and arriving like hungover and people really connected to that. And then that feeling that you've been lied to or you've been made feel foolish because they're not who you believe them to be. And I think that's why people felt so offended because they really were like, oh, my God, I, you know, you this, this morning is what we watch when we're hungover, when we're sick, when we're off work and for those people to be the ones that lied to us.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's interesting, isn't it, because Holly Willoughby was still still remained and she was the one who was considered to be a- authentic and she came up with a really amazing... I mean, it's almost like a catchphrase now, isn't it? What did she say?
2: Firstly, are you OK?
1: <laughs> but were you OK, Jason, about Philip? I mean, you know, it was very, very upsetting. Yeah, I
3: was OK,
2: actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: So look That was um, a strange moment. It was, it was a very so strange weird. moment. It really was g-
3: almost uniquely strange actually in TV.
1: Yeah. And also, I mean I have to say, completely fueled by the papers. The papers loved it. Um so look, they haven't Holly is now kind of mm. off this morning as well, and they haven't quite found replacements for Holly and Phil. If they if if they were to find two people that would make you watch mm. this morning religiously, which double act would you replace them with? Rylan, Alison Hammond. Oh amazing. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. The crankies. Yeah, I thought Kermit and Miss Piggy. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> they would be good.
3: Alistair <laughs> <laughs> Campbell and Rory Stewart, what are they up to these days?
1: <laughs> oh, that's snooze fest. <laughs> OK, look, in June, I know you're going to be really sad about this one, another king fell. Boris Johnson resigned <laughs> because of the Privileges Committee's report into the Partygate scandal. The committee recommended that Parliament should vote on whether he should be suspended, but he resigned first. So, Jason... What actually happened here?
3: So what happened here was that the Privileges Committee had sat considering Boris Johnson's behaviour and the amount of lies that he had told. Mm. And they drafted a report, which they sent to him. So he got a chance to have a look at it. And he then uh, started slagging them off in quite explicit terms. So that by the time they published the report, which was a week after he stepped down as an MP they then had to add bits to the report talking about what he how he behaved between him seeing the report and the report coming out so he just like compounded
1: that's right because they they were going to recommend that he was suspended for like 10 or more sitting days. And then because he'd kind of gone to the press and moaned about it so long, they extended that period, yeah. didn't they? Yeah,
3: they gave, they, well, they were recommending a 90-day suspension, which is a, as long as it gets. It's what Keith Vaz got. Wow. They also well, recommended that he have his members' pass taken away from that's him. that's right, yeah. Because most MPs can still go back and hang out in the uh, House of Commons, you know, in the restaurants and the bars there because they've got a pass for life. And they said, no, take that away from him. The report is extraordinary. It was 106 pages long. It accused him of deliberately misleading the House, deliberately misleading the committee, breaching confidence, impugning the committee and being complicit in the campaign of abuse and attempted intimidation of the committee.
1: God, it makes him sound like a mafia boss, doesn't it? It's like a really rubbish mafia boss.
3: Yeah. The Yorkshire Post front page the day after the report was published was a picture of Boris Johnson with just the words liar, liar on yeah. it. It was sensational. Johnson's 1,700 words slagging off of the committee genuinely reads like he was drunk when he wrote it. Mm. It really does. He accused the committee, he said the committee was deranged, accused them of talking rubbish and called it a kangaroo court.
1: Well, so he just carried on then. (laughs) He just Um, didn't stop. It's amazing. uh,
3: Henry Hill in The Telegraph wrote, if Boris wants to confront the architect of his downfall, he won't find them on the privileges committee, but in a mirror.
1: Ooh, nice, I like Jade, that Shade, from The Telegraph He needs
2: to listen to Taylor Swift <laughs>
1: I mean, you know, most people do, right? That, that, that's how
2: they can learn how
1: to live life Hi,
2: you know, I'm Boris, I'm the problem, it's me Which actually is kind of good because that works for all problems Sometimes it's like, it's not my fault, it's Boris Johnson <laughs>
1: Everything turned a particular shade of pink as Barbie mania took hold. The Greta Gerwig film was a sensation with Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling bringing a lot of joy into everyone's lives. Gronje, everyone was turning up to the film Dressed as Barbie, which
2: I, I respect. Did you? I So I went to a screening of Barbie and the nearest I can compare it to is I imagine what ayahuasca must feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Such like a spiritual connecting with Mother Earth, rebirth. <laughs> <laughs> but in pink. <laughs> but in pink. It was amazing. I absolutely loved it. It was so exciting. I went with my best friend, Kaya. She dressed in full pink. I was sort of a nod to pink. And there was just such an incredible feeling of solidarity because you could... the the two or three weeks that the film came out, at a sort of seven o'clock every evening, you would just see women in pink. (laughs) And you (laughs) knew where everybody was off to. And there was such friendliness. And I'm not a sports person, but I think maybe this is what like having a football team is like. This is exactly what
1: I felt like. It's like women's football, isn't it? It's like a kind of, I mean, we will talk about women's football, Mm -hmm. but it's actually, there's certain situations, certain gigs, Mm -hmm. certain films, where it's the equivalent of going to a football team but for women yeah. it's the same thing Look, you, you walk like kind of like seven abreast <laughs> all in the same outfit <laughs> you scare people just by being there <laughs>
2: (laughs) (laughs) It was like the whole, all of the world was at a Hindu for three weeks. Yeah, so funny. And there was such real joy. And it was all girls and everybody, and guys too as well, but girls specifically, they like got dressed up and everybody was looking really great. And there was real, especially in the cinema beforehand, everybody said, oh, you look great, you look really good. And then there was a a photo booth where Mm. you could pose as if you were inside the Barbie box. And there was like people like, uh, posing for pictures with their friends and people are like, "Oh, would you like me to take a picture?" And there was just such a lovely, warm atmosphere. And we haven't even seen the film yet. <laughs> we haven't even seen that. We wow. walk in, we see this film. It's this, oh my god, like because we were all nervous. Barbie, oh my god, very problematic, and um, doll, a, lot, a very loaded cultural symbol, of course. But it's just fantastic Greta Gerwig she's done it again Margot Robbie fantastic I love Margot Robbie no. uh, America Ferreras has this amazing speech in the middle about how complicated it is to be a woman we cried <laughs> we <laughs> clapped we laughed we did special dances yeah.
1: <laughs> I have to say it was I mean it really was everywhere they did some I mean even it turned up in Architectural Digest magazine what? <laughs> they did a whole feature on the, the movie sets I uh, mean it's Bobby's just Holy dream house shit. yeah and they did like they did a Ken Logo t-shirt at Gap it sold out in 24 hours they did Barbie a kind of Barbie version of Crocs I I can't believe you've not got a pair Jason but I mean I can believe that that you've not got a pair because they sold out and they they sold (laughs) 1.2 million dollars (laughs) worth and Primark had a whole Barbie range which contributed to a 7% increase in profits in July
3: Incredible
1: It's so incredible and do you remember it was also combined with Oppenheimer (laughs) (laughs) That was so funny with yeah with the you know so it was Barbenheimer and yeah but it was a funny weekend. It
3: kind of rescued cinema, didn't it? Effectively though, those two. What a strange pair of films. Was there because you know we're talking about it being a bit like football, so Mm. that's effectively tribal. Yeah, were there were there Oppenheimer tribes? who were coming in dressed in sort of long coats and pipes <laughs> and things.
1: Yeah, looking really grim. There yeah. were people that were kind of wanted to use The weekend to see one and then the other and they've tried to work out which all... I mean, it's obviously which order you do it in. You mm. do up and high first and then you do Barbie. But there were people who kind of, you know, they had to combine the two and discuss which one they would do first. It would uh, be quite funny be, to do it the other way around. It would be weird, <laughs>
3: wouldn't it? To go into a great big colourful yeah. film like that and then go to one which ends with a nuclear explosion. Yeah,
1: and <laughs> you're yeah. still dressed in pink. Yes, yeah, so- <laughs>
2: was quite nice because the the barbie girls were like hi barbie and the oppenheimer was like hi destroyer of planets <laughs> <laughs> hi ender of worlds
1: <laughs> now as you all know here at paper cuts headlines are the horsebacks to our devils and this year we've had some brilliant ones so take a listen to this selection box of goodies baddies and some that just make no sense at all
4: over in the star, it's uh, what is Barlow the Surface, which is uh, Gary Barlow and the Take That crew. Apparently, when they were in Nashville, they were magnet fishing and okay. they were looking for. Well, Gary added, We were looking for discarded revolvers, but we didn't find any. I mean, how do you get into this? I
0: take that a militant group now.
5: Yeah. <laughs>
4: Can I also just add in, like, this This is quite a line. The trio of Also have a new This Life podcast out today where Mark thanks his bandmates for introducing him to water. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was he doing before? Well, he goes, recording his
4: first meeting as an 18-year-old, Mark quipped, I drank water for the first time ever because Howard and Jason drank water. I drank Perrier water.
0: Well, stay hydrated. Yeah. That's, He'd never drunk news. water
4: before, apparently. <laughs> I'd had fizzy pop, no water. Fanta, no water, no. I thought they're drinking it, so it must be good.
5: Crazy times. <laughs> it's
1: a different time, the 90s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I've got three in the sun. First of all, a half, half-baked half Greg Bosses have been rude for opening a shop for just 90 minutes. That's not long enough. What has the sun got to say about it? Greg's is 90 minute steak break.
4: Steak break.
5: Very steak good. break. You yes. get it. But there's also like another one in, in the picture caption, the flaky opening times. Ooh. Yeah, we like that. It's, that's that's nice. And But I, I, it is important if a Greg's closes early, it should make the news. It certainly um, should, yes. It absolutely should. Um, page 26 what have we got here now we <laughs> a couple were caught romping romping is the newspaper's favourite <laughs> excellent tabloid word yeah uh, favourite word for sex love it fancy a romp um, that wasn't I was just that wasn't
0: a no, not right now yet <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> a couple were caught romping next to a busy supermarket in front of shocked families and mm. they should be shocked um Unexpected Eiffel in the bagging area. That's really Amazing. good. It's, oh, full of it. At Eiffel bagging area. Are we talking about the bagging area or the bagging area? Do you know what I mean? Uh, well, if, um, I'm
4: surprised you yeah. go with unexpected Eiffel in the bonking area. But, you know, <laughs> or the shagging area. But then family newspaper. It's
5: great. It's 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 fantastic. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that, especially because um, shopping self supermarket self checkouts are quite hack. So they found a way to make that. Quite fantastic, and um, this is a good one. Obviously, uh, we all we all know Rachel Reeves has written a book, and mm. she wrote the book by going on the internet and copying it and pasting it onto a word document and sending that document to her publisher. Um, it's not alleged; it's there. You can see it. Um, <laughs> their headline: <laughs> Rachel Thieves. Oh
0: dear, Rachel God! Reeves, I've got a Rachel horrible feelings. This one's going <laughs> to dog her for a long time.
1: The sun is done well today, I have to say. We've got lots of sticky bits of paper on the sun because yeah. they've got good headlines.
0: Well done, the sun. Well done, that sun. Uh, this is uh, the inevitable story that Kew Gardens is going woke <laughs> uh, with a celebration of queer fungi, fungi <laughs> plants. I mean, I don't know how true this is, but it is a quite a funny story. <laughs> So I feel like reading the story. It says the £19 ticket event includes a cabaret where mushroom performers will leave you questioning everything you thought you knew. One gay man said, obviously Q prefers to attract weirdos, so I won't be going ever. (laughs) The the headline is LGBTQ. Q, as in Q Gardens, oh, the sun. And then there's um, something in the mirror about uh, an escaped uh, python uh, wandering down a street in the West Midlands. And the headline is Escaped 12 Foot Python Out on the Hiss.
1: Excellent. Um. And there's, um, uh, there's one for our uh, Scottish listeners, isn't there?
0: Uh, yes, in the Daily Record, there's a story about a clampdown on football fans buses in Scotland and the headline is you can't shove our fans off the bus basically it's written, look I apologise to everyone who heard that <laughs> it, it, it's just, it, it's written in, it's written in what I believe is known as dialect <laughs> <laughs> it's written in Scots for our Scots listeners
1: now what about August? This is traditionally the silly season for the papers but everything was saved by the ladies Yay. again. What well on ladies <laughs> <laughs> When the papers had a FEMO football frenzy as the Lionesses went to the World Cup so they did very well, they got to the final, they didn't win but before they got there even there was a bit of a problem which was Mary Earps, you may remember her she's the goalie, so when you play in a, an international football team, you're, you get your strip made for, for fans to buy and she didn't get a strip made uh, by Nike, which caused a lot of controversy. So people were like, we really love her. She's an amazing goalie. Why can't I wear her outfit? And they were like, oh, yeah, we can't be bothered. <laughs> Won't bother. It's, it was really, really shoddy. bad. Shoddy. Really, really shoddy, Really then. shoddy. And she was actually, she was really upset Aww. because obviously people travel, like her family would travel to go and watch it. And you would wear of course you would wear that outfit with your with your, you know, daughter's name on it or whatever. Nothing. She
3: was absolutely the woman of the moment as well, wasn't she? So for Nike to drop that ball was just dumb.
1: (laughs) And then (laughs) so that's one bit where you're just a bit like, okay, women were doing really well. Bloke's not so much. And then they get to the final and we got beaten in uh, the final by Spain. So Spain, amazing team. You know, they should have, to be honest, they should have won. They did fantastically. But then their kind of moment of female excellence was also overshadowed by, I don't know if you remember this, Luis Rubiales, who's like the head of their FA. He kissed the Spanish gold scorer, Jenny Hermosa, and kind of snogged, you know, he grabbed hold of her face and... Mm. Praised the proper smack. Even saying it makes me feel ill. When he awarded her her medal, and this caused huge ructions. And there was also shots of him. Carrying Ath- Athena del Castillo over his shoulder, oh you know, oh, it's so revolting. While <laughs> he was going around the pitch, and he made what I can only call a kind of shagging gesture while he was standing next to Queen Letizia.
0: <laughs>
2: oh my god, oh. <laughs> so so grim. And so the
3: why are men?
2: I know. Sometimes you just think, why are well, men? The only thing I could think of in his defence, the only way I could like, it, what if for mm. some reason. He thought she was draining. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God, this girl is draining. I need to give her the kiss of life right now. And then panicked. <laughs> happened. Do you remember? Do you remember also his mum went on strike? She went on hunger strike in the local church. Do you remember that? Oh,
3: God, I've forgotten
1: that detail. <laughs> oh
2: my God. I mean, it was, yeah. It was. There comp- is a WhatsApp group about that family. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the neighbours. Oh my God. And Jason,
1: you've got a surprise August story, haven't you?
3: I have. Yeah. This is just delightful. Um, I was looking, I was having a look at the American press to see how they had covered the coronation because they basically just found it phenomenally weird. (laughs) But while I was in the New York Times, I found this fabulous story, which again is looking at the UK. So it's written by their London correspondent, Stephen Castle. And it reads, the frozen pea, a humble staple of the UK's cuisine, may be on its way back. We're and I went, where's back. it been? It hasn't we been eat anywhere, has been? frozen peas all the fucking time. So, yes, Holly Jones of the British Growers Association was quoted saying, there is a lot of potential with the great British pea. And I was reading this story going, what, what is this story about? <laughs> Apparently, it's that sales are up 10% on the previous year, but the volume of sales is down. In other words, peas are more expensive like all food at the moment. And that's that's it. the whole story. But this, this is not the best bit. The best bit is this story has a hero. Oh, okay. And his name is Stephen Francis, managing director of Fen Peas. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just read you the sentence. <laughs> Having spent more than four decades in the business, Mr. Francis, 61 has chalked up another success. He prevailed in a long, ultimately victorious battle to secure a P emoji on cell phones. <laughs> So you can name it. The P emoji is there because of Stephen Francis.
1: He's <laughs> great. We love
5: him.
3: <laughs> I'm David Badil. I'm a writer and a comedian and a Jew.
5: I'm
1: Saeed Varsi. I'm a businesswoman and a politician and a Muslim. Jews and Muslims always seem to be in
4: the news or on the news. Most people talk about us, and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, yeah. we are going to go there.
0: I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are
3: talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there.
5: Find us wherever you get your podcasts. And
1: that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. <laughs> thanks to Grunya, Gaurav Mila Margar, And thanks to Jason. Thanks, love. (laughs) Do not shake. (laughs) Yay! And there's just time to mention our fabulous Papercuts shop. If a kindly uncle has slipped you a bit of extra Christmas cash, then why not spend it at podmarket.co.uk, our online store. You'll find exclusive Papercuts hoodies, new design Papercuts t-shirts and super great Papercuts mugs that have, thank God for the star on them. And there are other top bits of merch from our companion podcasts, Oh God, What Now, The Bunker, This Is Not A Drill and Origins. Story. so click on podmarket.co.uk and dance your way into the next year I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when Annie Lennox celebrates her 69th birthday happy birthday to you rhythmic <laughs> see you tomorrow
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. is
3: still so full it's Boxing Day Paper Cuts was presented by Miranda Sawyer with Gronje Maguire and Jason Hazley. The group editor was Andrew Harrison. The executive producer was Martin Boytosh. The managing editor was Jacob Jarvis. And the producers were Liam Tate, Adam Wright, and me, Alex Reese. Christmassy music by Simon Williams. Art direction by James Parra and Modern Toss. Socials by Jess Harpin and Kieran Leslie. Papercuts is a Podmasters production.